no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. History, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. And uh, welcome to part four of Bogey on Film History. The history of film. I always started off like I'm calling a ball game, you know. <laughs> Welcome to night one, Bogey Book Hall. We got it all coming off the side of a little plate. We got Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Batting average is 300. Humphrey Bogart. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I started this whole thing, I thought this was going to be all about Bogey and Bacall. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it turns out those years were those were the last years of Bogey, man. These mm -hmm. are I'm going to tell you about the final years of Bogart today. Final years. Um, like I said, this was sad. This was sad for me. I got very close to this man in the past few weeks, man. You know, I wish he hadn't died. But uh, <laughs> he, by now, he would definitely he would be, be dead, dead anyway. He yeah. would be, he's like four times dead by yeah. now. You know, <laughs> uh, this is our first four-parter, by the way. Yeah, uh, first four-parter. Yeah, so congratulations to Bogey for being interesting enough to yeah. warrant four parts. And if for some reason you're just now tuning into part four of Humphrey Bogart, and this is your first episode of the podcast that you're listening to, I'm James Wyatt Scott. I'm Drake Cummings. And I'm Sailor Dev. <laughs> sailor Dev. Bogey was a big Sailor Dev. I, I, we talked about it, but yeah. we're going to talk about it more here, too. That's also why he's yeah. like on my good side. You can't hate on sailors. we got to yeah. stick out for ourselves. got to protect the old. He was a boatman. I see nothing to hate so far. I, no. I've, been, I've been Bogue all the way. Yeah, scratch all that shit in part two. That was all fooey. Yeah. This was... Turns out it was just a uh, mutually destructive relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. None of the other wives had bruises, right? No, that's the thing. Cool. I couldn't find any other reports. Uh, and Lauren Bacall, of course, like I said, never ever said that about him. Mm. And again, he was not—he uh, was not big enough to uh, try to punch <laughs> Lauren Bacall. He would have had to get on a ladder. So <laughs> he was five ten, barefoot. Dude, shout out to the short king. Yeah. The OG short king. OG short king, baby. Bogey, bogey made made way for Tom Cruise. You know? <laughs> um. So were were a lot of the actors at this time like taller, or like was he just even short even for them? Everybody was pretty short. Okay. Uh, there were definitely some tall guys. You had Jimmy Stewart. He was real tall. Uh, it seemed like you were either tall or short. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where's so? This is health history, the history of health, or fitness history, history of fitness, but like. When did like Chris Hemsworths start entering the field? When did when were people that jacked? There were so, like and like and that, not that jacked because there was like obviously like the big physique. muscle men. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about like lean, like that jacked and that lean. That physique would start in the 70s. You had guys look really athletic, mm -hmm. like you know real ripped mm -hmm. but the big look was when like the roid craze like the <laughs> 80s you know like arnold schwarzenegger definitely set a big bar for like mm. big 
you know, mm-hmm. physique guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like back in the day, like a big strapping dude was like John Wayne. Everybody really? saw him as like a big like oh, he was yeah. he would have played Thor for sure you know <laughs> well like it was <laughs> like I'm from space pilgrim it's not it's not I'm a god pilgrim <laughs> it's not even really like the the bigness it's more like the leanness for me like I don't remember seeing anyone that lean until yeah like maybe the seventies like, yeah is that when we started like for sure with whatever causes that <laughs> yeah it was like i said i mean yeah it was definitely that physique definitely came about later on and like the big yeah, action so that's so that know. leads me to my next question these are asking this now is like who is considered like the muscly actor i guess john wayne yeah john wayne that's um so strange i know man yeah like uh charles bronson was a big one he was a big action star back in the day yeah, i was gonna say did they have action movies the way we think of them now or is that more of a modern invention no that no it was for sure back in those days too just okay. like over the top you know just jack dudes yeah <laughs> beating up crime guys yeah man but it was uh i mean it was the 90s were a time where it was fucking i mean we talked about like oh water world terminator all that the terminator was like a workout video made yeah. into a movie well that was the 70s so that was so i mean like i'm talking about this time was there like yeah. any kind of like uh thing that we would recognize as like an action movie oh yeah oh for sure death wish charles bronson mm, that was one okay. there was a lot of like big action movies coming okay. out uh Oh, and yeah, I guess in Bogey's time, it was more war films that yeah. were big action, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but also you had you had your car chase shoot 'em ups. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Was yeah. there was there like a Jason Bourne of the '30s? Was did that movie exist? Oh, I'm sure. I I can't think off the top of my head, but definitely secret agent films okay yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good question yeah. man for sure that would be uh if you know what the jason Bourne movie of the 30s <laughs> was let us know maybe we'll do an episode on it <laughs> dev what do you think what was jason Bourne of 1950 bond yeah bond. oh yeah 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 we make those movies for forever that, i totally forgot how old that franchise is jesus christ is james bond <laughs> When did the first Bond movie come out? That was a long ass fucking time ago. That was a long time ago. I, yeah. Mm, One okay. day, I, man. That's the thing. We could try to do Bond, but that is going to be that'll no, be a eighty parter. Yeah, that's its own show. Yeah, that's its, that's its own podcast. Maybe on together. the first one. Maybe yeah. do it on the first James Bond. <laughs> that's a whole Patreon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Bogue. So we're going to get into part four here. I'm going to tell you the meaty, juicy stuff about the Bogue. The Bogue juice. The Bogue meat. The meat juice. The meat juice. We're getting into it. The meat sauce. Uh, the so Bogey. It's nice. Limp Bogey biscuit. <laughs> Limp Bogey biscuit. <laughs> so it's 1941. He is still married to uh, Typhoid Mary over here, Punchy. So Sluggy, Sluggy was her nickname. That's what, yeah. She's still he's still married to Sluggy Mary Matho, and uh, they're still living in Slugsville or whatever they the Slug Hamlet, whatever they call their home. Sluggy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. The Sluggy Hollow. That was it. They're living in Sluggy Hollow. Uh, But things are really starting to heat up for old Bogey now in 1941. But just to let you know what's going on around Bogey at the time, I'm going to go ahead and do a little When Are We? When Are We? Back in time. Both theme songs. So, <laughs> 1941, what a time. This was the year where uh, America was putting boots in people's asses, let me tell you. It was the American way. It was uh, it was time to get into this whole World War II thing, you know. <laughs> Pearl Harbor happened. Never forget. 
Uh, <laughs> we got a we we got <laughs> we got a uh, sucker punch from the bag, as Toby Keith would say, from from the Japanese at the time. They donkey punched us. They donkey punched us, and we'll put a boot in your ass. Uh, the biggest movie of the year is Citizen Kane, um, which, by the way, Shelby wants to do an episode on Citizen Kane with us. Oh, I'm very down. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, down. yeah. And just like Orson Welles in general. Yeah, yeah. Orson Welles. That was kind of the greatest speaker on the planet. Like, if you go watch Absolutely. his old interviews and shit, he speaks like. Yeah. Uh, like you're just like, who are you? Are you some like royal, regal, fucking hyper intelligent? <sighs> human being with so an much alien. Like, class and like the way he just talks and articulates a story if you watch him on like Carson and yeah. shit it's hilarious it's awesome yeah but also like as far as movies go Citizen Kane's interesting because it was kind of like grand opening grand closing like it was like he, it was like what his first film and also like he never lived up to yep, it yep exactly you that's know? like that's why I, I would love we're gonna, we're gonna definitely do that episode with her because mm-hmm. yeah it was like this guy who just like accidentally made the biggest thing ever his first time out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> yeah, Deb. I watched, uh, he was doing the Dick Cavett show back in like 70, it was late 60s, early 70s. And he was promoting a play that he was doing in Central Park at the time. He was, they were just doing like fucking plays in the park. And uh, it was a Bible play, and he just read from the Bible for like 30 minutes. Could not turn it off. It was like, I. It was like I understood what the Bible said for the first time ever. Like Orson Welles was incredible, man. He was an alien. There's no doubt about it. Uh, how long did he live? He lived a long time. Okay. Yeah, he got pretty old. Okay. Um, he was definitely. He was like fat with a big old beard. You know. I can picture it. Yeah. 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 But uh, still handsome. I still would, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But he was there towards the end. He got a little George R. Martin. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> he just became Santa Claus. Yeah, he became Santa. <laughs> <laughs> he moved to the North Pole. He's still alive to this day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things you were talking about, actually, is like the physique of an actor. That is definitely, and it's still to this day, you know, uh, not all actors work out, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is, some, some people just don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if you want to be a leading man nowadays, yeah. like you have to be five percent body fat. Yeah, but even like uh, <laughs> at least to start off, people, like, people have been talking about like Johnny Depp. You know, he's in his fifties now, yeah. and he was never like an or he's in his fifties, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Late forties, fifties. That's let me check. He's got to be um, in his fifties, if not sixties. Yeah, bro, he was in his early twenties in the 50, 90s. Oh, holy shit! Shit, How old he's is he? 58? Oh my god, he's yeah. close to 60. Jesus, I had no idea he was that old. Wow, Damn. that's crazy. But yeah, he was never a workout guy. No, you know? but he was I, just a drug guy. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like you could be back in that in those days. Like, I feel like, I don't know, ever since like maybe the mid 2000s, it's like you need to be like lean. Like, you have for to have sure. abs. You don't yeah. have to be built, but he you definitely have didn't abs. eat. He definitely didn't yeah. eat. That's for sure. Yeah, but like, I, I, I well, really, but the dawn of superhero films being the most dominant form of film media at the time at, at the moment i think also kind of helped shape what we think of as like a, a leading man's build yeah definitely. so but orson wells is doing citizen kane and the song of the year in 1941 was glenn miller's chattanooga choo choo 
<laughs> Actually, a pretty decent son. Okay. Like but uh, Glenn Miller was he was sick. He was cool, man. He was dope. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but most of all, the thing dominating all the headlines was that big war bubbling up. Mm. Old Belmont's rolling over in his grave. He's like, I told you. Are those boats still built? <laughs> I died. Those yep. boats still in the harbor? I bet some of those boats were built with Belmont's wood, you know, <laughs> that he that he lost in a big deal after World War One. But <laughs> they're all they they're not laughing now, are yeah, they? I told you it was coming back. I took those boats to my grave. <laughs> he's buried with all his boats. He's just got warships all around him. He's, that's what he spent the rest of his money on. Yeah. He's just being buried in a huge field with all these ships. Created the Bermuda Triangle by sinking all the boats there. All the sailors are still in them. <laughs> Bury me with my morphine. <laughs> yeah, they were just full of morphine. <laughs> 1941 was also the year that Humphrey Bogart did three huge films, big ones. These are the big ones of his, you know, these are what a lot of people remember him for. Uh, he did High Sierra, Casablanca, and The Maltese Falcon, all like 1941-42. Uh, incredible films, all of them. Pretty much, uh, honestly, we really haven't seen many bogey ones that weren't great. Uh, we did watch one last night that I'll talk about. That was very confusing. But <laughs> he did great. But uh, <laughs> So he had become drinking buddies with John Houston, uh, with everybody, but <laughs> like best friends basically with John Houston, who John Houston is one of like the most historic directors of all time. Okay, I was going to say that name sounds very familiar. Yeah, he is uh, his, I think, I think his grandson, it's either his son or his grandson, Danny Houston, Angelica Houston, uh, the whole Houston clan mm -hmm. was a big like acting royalty and directing and writing. All and the Houstons. All the Houstons, yeah. And uh, he and Bogey were drinking. <laughs> Whitney Houston. <laughs> Houston, Atlanta, family, Vegas. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah. You know, the comes from of, John yeah. Houston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he wrote High Sierra, and he wrote and directed The Maltese Falcon okay. with Bogey. They were just doing this thing where it was like, it was that thing. You yeah. know, it was fucking the director and the actor duo yeah, just killing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I know. Like, it's like uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's very close to what this was. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, yeah, he did Casablanca. And that was not with John Houston, but this was like probably probably the most remembered role of his life was mm -hmm. Casablanca, which is very interesting. He did a lot of them, but this was like this was the one mm -hmm. that made Bogey Bogey. Uh, this won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1943, and he was nominated actually for Best Actor in a leading role. Um, he lost, but he was nominated. Yeah, like he he is now an Oscar-nominated actor in one of the biggest movies of all time. Um, it vaulted him from fourth place in Warner Brothers in the Warner Brothers roster. So he had already been rising the ranks. He's now number four behind James Cagney, Edward G. Robinson. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was, but uh, it was one of them. But this he now becomes first place after Casablanca. Warner Brothers moves him up. Doubling his annual salary to over four hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars by 1946, making him the world's highest-paid actor after Casablanca. Whoa! Boom! Cool. Fucking yeah. movie star. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were, what did Casablanca make at the box office? It made ten million dollars at the time. Wow. Which, yeah. Nowadays it's like a hundred mil. That's you know? crazy. That's like a modern day blockbuster. When you put success. that to the old, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I made ten million dollars on a movie right now, I'd be pretty happy. With yeah. It. <laughs> um, but I mean, if it's if it's touching the the hundred million mark, like that's like what movies make now. Yeah. You know what I mean, like even the other movies, you can just for inflation. That that's not what that's not even close to what movies make now. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And like so, like if it's touching a hundred million, like that's uh, like shooting distance of what blockbusters now make. Right. Actually, when you put that through the old inflation calculator, that is one hundred ninety-five million these days. So actually, two hundred. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Damn. Yeah, it was a big fucking film, and he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of the inflation calculator, that $460,000 annual salary that he just raked in, when you put that through the calculator, that's $6.7 mil a year wow. as an actor at Warner Brothers, which isn't... I mean, that's not a lot compared to nowadays, right. but, you but know, back different, then, different time, you know. Highest paid movie star in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it sort of... Of course, Jack Warner was like, well, you'll get another big one, but we're still going to like, you're still under contract, you Uh know, and we're still going to put you in whatever we want. So he's doing this movie called Passage to Marseille with Howard Hawks as the director in 1944. Mm -hmm. So Howard introduces Bogey to a young, still green actress named Lauren Bacall. It was a big mistake on Howard's part because he was kind of in love with her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) she at the time is 19 years old and she had done two plays, but she was trying to break into the film industry. You know, she had not done a movie yet. And, uh, Uh, he at the time he's in his 45. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing illegal and not unusual. Yeah, for sure. Not unusual by these standards at all. Um, even people that disagree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, of this time, this is pretty normal. A lot of people unusual nowadays. It's it's a little creepy. I don't hear many, even people who disapprove of stuff like that, never really disapprove of the Bogey Bacall thing. Yeah, she was. I don't know, man. So Howard introduced them. Bogey met her and suggested that she play a role in a movie they had coming up called "To Have and Have Not." He's going to be doing this with this director, and he's like, "Well, hell, let's cast her. You Mm -hmm. know, let's bring her in." And she tested for the role, and uh, he told her, I saw your test. We'll have a lot of fun together. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> but if Bogey said it, Bogey it's, it's, it's going to be less creepy. Highest paid movie star in the world. Yeah. Highest paid movie star <laughs> in the world. I'm just saying it again. Yeah. Uh, biggest contract at Warner Brothers that they have going at the moment. Bigger than CAG now. Yeah. He has surpassed CAG. Yeah. You know. CAG's time was the 30s. Yeah, know? exactly. It's Bogey CAG's time. CAG's playing his retirement. <laughs> it's Bogey's world, and we're all living in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, lo and behold, it was Bacall's film debut, baby. She got in there. Uh, Bogart was attracted. This is so funny. This is what I read. Bogart was attracted by Bacall's high cheekbones, green eyes, tawny blonde hair, lean body, maturity, poise, and outspoken honesty. And it's like, okay, she was hot. Like, <laughs> Bogey was attracted to her hotness. You know? he, he liked was, her hot. He was attracted to not getting a bottle smashed over his head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he's still married to, to old bottle smasher. Old smashy. Yeah, he's still married to Merlot or whatever. Her name Merlot. Was. <laughs> Metho. 
<laughs> uh, this was a big scandal. Like some people knew that they started seeing each other. Mm-hmm. He, he and so yeah. Spoiler alert: they started seeing each other. <laughs> um, she's like living with her mom in L.A. still, and I guess they have like a you know. And her mom, she's just telling her mom like, "Bogey's coming to pick me up," and she's like, "You mean that?" 45 year old married man who's coming to pick you up right now <laughs> no i mean the biggest actor in the world is yes, to pick exactly. me up right the highest paid actor at warner brothers mom that's who i'm talking about and uh <laughs> yeah apparently uh he got her to write her number down on a matchbook after that test that she had and it was all it was all <laughs> bogey comes a calling baby uh and of course they just bonded big time they were just like it was this just match made in heaven um, and uh, Mary Matho was not too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the battling Bogarts, you know, had to battle. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't normally endorse cheating, but I think if your spouse is breaking balls over your head, yeah. the marriage is already over. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Like you can just, just go for it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, and so they started this relationship, and they they did this movie together uh, to have and have not, and. Bogey also kind of like coached her, you know, <laughs> that sounds so creepy in a way, I guess if you heard it wrong, but she was a brand new actress, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, to have Bogey there, the biggest movie yeah. star on the planet telling you how to do it, yeah. didn't hurt, you know, yeah. didn't hurt for mm-hmm. sure. Um, he encouraged her to like steal scenes, you know, he was telling her about like how to cheat the camera and like just all the shit. Cool, he's just yeah. he's giving her film school. Crazy. Yeah. While they're imagine, doing this movie together. The, the highest paid actor in the world is like teaching you how to do it on your first movie. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh Howard Hawks was not too happy about all this. Uh, he did not love this. Again, he he brought the girl that he's in love with around Bogey. You know, yeah, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Don't like, bring him around Motley Crue. Yeah, taking your girl around fucking Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt. Like you're like what? <laughs> uh. <laughs> they were. T- I've I've been hearing that a lot lately. Um. Oh my God, who was it that was just telling the story? She was like really coming up in the rap game, and she had a boyfriend at the time. And Drake reached out to her to do a feature, and her boyfriend wouldn't let her. He's <laughs> like, "No, you're not gonna go to the fucking studio with Drake. Like, you're going to fuck him. Yeah, so. unless I'm there as well." Mm-hmm. Uh. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I. I. I love. I love the. The. What. The. The fucking era that Drake's in right now. Uh. Did you guys see? He commented something on like some Instagram post, and then somebody tried to make a reply. Just oh, comment. Yeah. Tried to make a joke, and so Drake. Uh. Found he. Uh. He found this this dude's wife, and he followed her and DM'd her on Instagram. He was Good like, Lord. he's like, hit me up when you're bored, mama. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, right. that man's getting too powerful. He's getting too powerful. Somebody needs to like check his ass. The beast has gone too powerful, Drake. You must be stopped. You must be stopped. Hey, We've created a monster. It's, he's, he's just making it known. If you if you try and clown him on social media, he'll fuck your wife. Well, Bogey was uh, was clowning Hawks, this director. Uh, he they, they, Hawks was not happy with this at all. He's directing the movie, you know. And he's watching them just like canoodle. <laughs> They're just canoodling over here. <laughs> uh, and he, yeah, he had also, you know, he had fallen in love with her as well. And he told her she meant nothing to Bogart. 
you know, like he he's just gonna throw you away type of shit. Which <laughs> spoiler alert, he married her until he fucking died. Uh, uh. But uh, he basically he was doing all he could. He said uh, he was gonna ruin her career. He threatened her. He said he was gonna send her to Poverty Row. Remember Poverty Row? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he said he was gonna like sell her contract to one of the Poverty Row studios. And uh, Bogey did not like that. Bogey was like, talk to my girl again and I'll fuck you up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It got so bad that Jack Warner, of all people, had to like settle their dispute between them. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Look. basically like made them keep filming. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> but Hawk said, Bogey fell in love with her character she played. So she had to keep playing it the rest of her life. <laughs> he was still bitter. Like, no, she didn't. What the fuck are you talking? She was just Lauren Bacall, man. That's hysterical. Yeah, Hawks wasn't ready. He, uh, he wasn't ready. Also, like, um, at this point, like, uh, Bogey probably has more pull than this director, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like, you can't ruin her career if Bogey doesn't want you to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll ruin your career, sir. Yeah, I bet that's exactly <laughs> what he said. <laughs> I bet that's exactly what he said. Send her to Poverty Row. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> she also she got kind of barred from like the studios later on. She she became like persona non grata later on because she she would also stand up to people. And at the time, being a woman doing that, it was like you're you know that was yeah. a no go. But uh, anyway, that's that. We'll do a whole episode on her. I would yeah. love to. But then so they wrapped to have and have not. They directly went into another movie called The Big Sleep. And this is the one that we watched last night. Okay. Boy, was it confusing. Okay. Uh, give it a watch, though. It's very good. But, like, if you miss one second, you're done. Like, it's over. And mm. it's just this... It's about... He plays this private detective, and he's going to these rich people because one of their rich daughters murdered someone. It's this whole tale. It's crazy. It's crazy. Give it a watch. It's definitely... It's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of his best, but it was, mm. it was fun to watch. <laughs> okay. It's a train so, wreck you can't miss. Exactly, exactly. You can't look away. Just huh. try, damn it. But uh, So he files for divorce from Matho in February 1945, and he and McCall... Instantly get married uh, as soon as the as soon as the ink dries on that paper, he's on to you know <laughs> he's on to the one now. Uh, they got married in a small ceremony at the country home of Bogart's close friend, Pulitzer Prize-winning author Louis Bromfield. How long were they dating? Uh, not very long. Uh, this was like a whirlwind for wow. sure. Huh. Let's see. They did. I think. He got her. It was a year. It was a year. He got wow. her number on that matchbook, and a year later they were married. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it was th- like, those type of marriages don't usually last either. That's impressive, yeah. I, dude. They were like fucking solid, like inseparable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, when it works, it works. Yeah, when it works, it works. When when you're the biggest movie star on the planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they get married at Lois Bromfield's house at Malibu Farm in Ohio. On May 21st, 1945. That, that sentence had some plot twists. Yeah, a big destination wedding here in a, on a farm in Ohio. <laughs> they wanted small town rural. Yeah, know? we're uh, we're getting married in Malibu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Malibu, Ohio. Ohio. Malibu, Ohio. <laughs> uh, that's actually also where his ex-wife Mary would go to rehab for a while. Uh, Same farm for, for where he got married. Yeah, smashing rehab. <laughs> uh, wait, why did they get married in Ohio? 
it was just his friend, Lois Broomfield. He had a big farm out in Ohio. He was a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Mm. And he's like, come get married on my farm. So, <laughs> you know, probably get away from the noise, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of paparazzi, it's just going to be cows. You know? <laughs> um, uh, wait, so, wait, at this point, did he already do that movie that he had to drink alcohol and not water? No, not yet. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, cool. Okay, we're getting to that. that. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so good. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> But I am curious, like, what his ex-wives thought of some of this. Like, seeing him become the highest paid movie star ever. You know, like, seeing him become what he became. I'm sure there were a lot of people in Bogey's history that were like, this short dude is never going to be... Sure, yeah. You know, that, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, like, I, definitely, definitely the one that got away for a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and there's also, you know, could... It, it doesn't sound like any of his marriages ended fantastically right they might also be like i i was married to him already and how rich he is is not worth not that. worth it yeah <laughs> yeah the bogey train's not worth it. it's not worth that <laughs> good yeah. luck lauren you'll be here for a moment <laughs> good luck amber heard uh, <laughs> So he's just living the movie star life, man. They get married. It's this big thing. They're both becoming these movie stars. Uh, they move into a uh, $160,000 home brick mansion in Holmby Hills, which through the old inflation calculator, that's a $2.4 million home. Not bad, you know, yeah. just living, but living that movie star life. Yeah. Uh, and if Holmby Hills sounds familiar to you, it's because we mentioned it on the Ocean's Eleven episode. This was the house where the Rat Pack began. <laughs> this was where the party started, you nice. know. Um, and the original one was like him and like fucking Judy Garland mm-hmm. and shit. But that became Frank Sinatra later mm-hmm. on and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Go listen to the Ocean's Eleven episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a very good one. Uh, and this was definitely the Hump's first happy marriage, <laughs> for sure. Humps. The Hump was the Hump. The Hump <laughs> is his new nickname, for sure. <laughs> The hump, baby. The hump was having fun. He was happy married. They were super in love. They really did love each other. Uh, the the they had like the same aspirations, you mm-hmm. know. Let's yeah. become fucking huge movie stars. Yeah. That was like what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They they were definitely that type where it's like Just become the biggest in the world. Yeah, like I'm gonna help you. You're gonna help me. Or Jay Z and Beyonce now, mm-hmm. you know for sure. Uh, and he's 45 by now. So that's the one thing that they had different. She's so young. Uh, he is to the age now where he's done with the clubs, really. He's got mm-hmm. his mansion, and yeah. he can invite all of his friends over. Yeah. And she still liked to hit the clubs, mm-hmm. but that never became like a big deal. Yeah, he was know? like, I was young once. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I'm going to drink scotch with John Houston, and we're going to watch an old Western. Yeah. You go to the fucking Ciro's. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead so and go I, but, get banged um, out. Young lady. <laughs> well, uh, without that, that's my question. Was there any evidence that she ever cheated on him or anything? No way. No way. No. I mean, possibly, but I don't think so. No. I think they were. And this was not an open marriage, right? No, okay. I don't think so. No. Like, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I can't answer that with certainty. Right. Yeah. But I don't think. But they there were. was never any tension derived from any of her clubbing or anything like nah, that. Like that's cool. they basically yeah. came to like an agreement. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, <laughs> an agreement I mean, they probably fuck whoever they want. 
Yeah, Who knows? or I mean, I would not be surprised if like the after party was at their house every night. Exactly. So it's like you exactly. know, it's like I'm gonna dance with my girls and then I'm gonna go home and you know my husband and I are gonna like have loud sex in the other room. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you guys exactly. get sloshed with Frank Sinatra. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> right. You can hear us having sex in the other room. Frank Sinatra's like, wow, they're really going at it in there, huh? They're <laughs> really going at it. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> he really gave it to her. They're doing a whole show in the living room <laughs> yeah. about the sex that's happening in the bedroom. He's really putting it in. That's Bogey. That's our boy. Hey. Speaking of getting in, it reminds me of a song. Fly me to the moon. stars. Uh... <laughs> She also, she didn't like boats as much as Bogey. That was another thing. Uh, he was very much into boats, um, and she got seasick, so uh. she didn't dig going on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> but, when was Jeremy invented? Uh, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you could have World War One morphine, though. Or now World War Two morphine. There's plenty of that going around now. Same shit, you know, just a different uh. tube. Uh, <laughs> He bought a 55-foot sailing yacht that he called the Santana. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, Dev, I was going to ask you about that. That's like a that's that's a big-ass fucking yacht, right? Yeah, it is. It's usually you got to have a special license to captain and skipper those. Damn. I wonder if he Yeah, maybe he it must goes have by had tonnage, like a, but not by length really, but you know, it's it's different depending on motor and non-motor and all that, but it's still it's big. Gotcha. It would be like it would be like as long it would be like almost as long as a semi. They do like uh they do like boat racing inspired by bogey actually these days. They have like a let's, they have like a boat inspired by him or something. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but there's one that's called like the bogey race. The, bo- the Bogue 500? Yeah. I was trying to find out how much he paid for that thing. The Bogue 500. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It, yeah, this was actually a nice boat. Um, so he probably, it's, it would be a regatta and because it's a sailboat okay. and not a race, uh, motorboat. But this thing, God, this, this is a beautiful boat. I would definitely love to own this boat. It's all wood. It's a double mass schooner. Which is the type of rigging uh, the, the sails are, and the fact that it has two masts um, is wide in its berth. Yeah, man, this is like a, a really nice. The fact that it's all wood and like super nice antique, like teak wood on the deck and like in the cabin and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big boat. You definitely can't sail this by yourself. You need a crew, you need at gotcha. least one. Even sailing it with one more person is is a huge pain in the ass and difficult. You to be reasonable, you should really have like at least four. I see. Okay. Yeah, he bought it from the actor Dick Powell for fifty grand, or modern day money through the old inflation calculator. That's about eight hundred thousand. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! So he bought a two point four I mean, million dollar home right. and an eight hundred thousand dollar boat. Yeah, that's about yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the boat that I want is an Amel and it's five hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, the nice one that I want yeah. is one point two million. So I mean, boats yeah. are expensive, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah, 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 most are expensive. And it's... especially at the time, his yearly salary is around half a mil in the 40s, and yeah. this is a $50,000 boat. Yeah, it's... 10% of my annual income. Yeah, whatever. whatever. 
You know, this boat it's crazy thing about it's like even, it's a third of his house. Yeah. This boat did not have an engine. It was a completely 100% sailboat. Oh yeah. my god. What a beast. The past yeah. sucks. <laughs> Spent all that money sucks. and I still got I still have to use the rely on the wind to <laughs> no, get me where I'm man, going. Man, that's what you want, baby. You want those That's those the most eco friendly, yo. He yeah, was all man. about he sustainability. Even... He's like, fuck that oil. <laughs> He wasn't even leaving a footprint. He was <laughs> just true. getting hammered. He left footprints of scotch across his yacht when he'd spill it and step all into it. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. But he loved uh, Catalina Island. He was a big Catalina guy. Oh, man. man. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. Catalina's a perfect place for a rich old bogey. Yeah, you know, yeah. In his fucking yacht. In, in the in the the sinister terrors that happened on that island. Yeah. Dev, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this. I'm convinced that terrible, terrible, unspeakable things happen on Catalina Island. It I is, believe it. It is mysterious and haunting, and uh, there was something foreboding about that island. Somebody got sacrificed there. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the owner of a football team and a big real estate guy is the one who bought a bunch of buffalo and had them put on the island. For that's right. The what would be the Buffalo the football team? I think the Buffalo, but you know, like they have the uh, Buffalo, or it's not the Rams, maybe or the Buffalo. I don't know. Some team back then was their mascot was the Buffalo, and he was trying to bring them to L.A. So he populated the a whole island with Buffalo for that, and then never ended up coming to L.A. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's literally just the island from Lost. Like, <laughs> like there's weird animals. There's he, unspeakable evils. Uh, unspeakable the, evils. The Catalina is a cakewalk. You should go to some other islands. <laughs> there's an island what? in the Cat- Florida Keys that's been populated entirely by monkeys. And Whoa, cool. No, but you're not allowed to go on it because it's restricted. It's a government-owned island, and it's because they used to do experiments on these monkeys, and they had this research center, and then they all got out. And now there's, like, these really crazy, like, monkeys that are, like, insanely aggressive, like the Congo. And, like, you land there, they'll fuck you up. Like, yeah. Okay. So it's it's Planet of the Apes. Has someone made this movie? <laughs> Has someone made the no. movie about Dead Monkey Island? Deadly Monkey Island. <laughs> Deadly Monkey Island. Like just monkeys were fucking like they're speaking to each other. It's Planet of the Apes. It's Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. They, they like, made Rise of the Planet of the Apes the the, the reality. And they're like radiated. <laughs> They're like six feet tall. It's like you can't go there because if they get access to technology, they will take over yeah, the world. They're texting like, each other as yeah. we speak. You know. They're only limited by the resources on that <laughs> island. But if we if we introduce technology to that ecosystem, it's over for us. Good God, man. One of them or just ordered a helicopter from Uber. <laughs> It'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> But yeah, he loved he loved Catalina Island on his big ass yacht. He said, uh, an actor needs something to stabilize his personality. Something to nail down what he really is, not what he is currently pretending to be. That's what he said about his yacht. It's, <laughs> it stabilized him. His fifty thousand dollar yacht. Um, it, it reminded him of who, of who he truly the fuck is for Which sure. Is a very rich person. Very rich person. I was born a rich man. <laughs> when I he, live as a rich. Man. When he gets too deep into a role, he's like, just remember, Bogey, you're super rich. And you're a big movie star. <laughs> He just looks at a picture of his boat and he's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm rich. Never forget where you came from. Yeah. <laughs> you started from the top and now you're even more topper. <laughs> started from the top and now we're here. Started from the top and never left. Uh, but Dev, this is where he also, he joined the Coast Guard Temporary Reserve, offering the Coast Guard use of the Santana, which I imagine they were like, 
thank you, but also like a sailboat. You know, no, nah, bro, that boat's for? really fast and it's big. Okay, and, you know that's the thing about it. So it's like it's rigged to be a cruiser and like a nice luxury boat, but it's it's a, one of those that can like serve dual purposes. And you know, the Coast Guard back then definitely still use sailboats. I mean, it wasn't their main thing, but for like coastal patrols and like shit like that, they could definitely you know, I'll activate their auxiliary and be like, oh, great, it's another person on the water. With a radio, keeping eyes and ears out for us. Right. Right, yeah, he's going to be real helpful. You, yeah. you, you radio into him. You're like, Bogey, what, do, do you see the culprit? He's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> Just huh? hammered. Yeah, he's like, there he is. Shoot at him. Like, Yo, shooting there's, guns. Uh, there's a giant submarine surfacing right now. Uh, you guys should do something about it because I don't have any guns on this wooden vessel. <laughs> <laughs> or it does have guns and he's just like shooting into people's tents in Catalina, you know, uh, like camping and barbecuing. He's like radioing them to bring him more booze. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Coast Guard out of here. We're out of scotch. <laughs> We need rescue. <laughs> we need rescue. <laughs> we need uh, rescue at once. SOS. I'm uh, I'm in the middle of the water and I'm too I'm too drunk to find my way home. <laughs> Fucking John Houston <laughs> drank all the scotch. We're out. Like having to like send out towboats to get him back to Catalina because he's too drunk to find his way home. He uh they he was very popular for being able to drink like more than you would ever imagine and not seem drunk. I used to be like that when I was like really functioning alcoholic back in the day. I can't do it anymore. But uh, he was that sort of alcoholic. He was the type. I mean, it's a skill that just takes practice. It just takes a you know lot I mean? of practice. You know, you know? You, you, it's hard. But you wake up, you do it every day. Yep. You got to you know? give it your hundred and ten. Yeah. You know? It's training. Training. <laughs> Never admit defeat. Right. Never ever. <laughs> Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you sweat, Scott. <laughs> A lot of people will try and tell you it's not worth it. You can't listen to that kind of negativity. Yeah. Bogey Bogey drank scotch from the time he started drinking until he died. Like, that man never, ever didn't drink. Uh, so, get fun that. fact that the Santana was restored and is relaunched in May of 2016. So, Santana oh, that's is what I still saw. out there sailing wow, around man. between Catalina and L.A., Wow. Doing the damn thing. Probably some collector, some rich boatman. Um, it was uh, yeah. LMI and East Passage Boat Rights is the name okay. of the two companies that you know bought it and, and rebuilt boat it. People. Boat, yeah. people. boat people. Boat people. Uh, so, the boat was originally built in 1935. Holy shit. Jeez. So it's At an all point, wooden like... boat that they kept up and still sails the seas, man. There's no Ford wow. fucking built in 1935 that's still running around. Wow. I mean, that's like a regular driver. Yeah. yeah. Boats are the shit, sure. especially sailboats. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Damn. Well, he's sailing around. He's having the time of his fucking life. He's a mm -hmm. big movie star. He just married Lauren McCall. They're living at the, at mm -hmm. the party house. He's just living it, man. He's being bogey, you know. And uh, 1947 rolls around, and Warner Brothers, it's time to renew that contract. Mm -hmm. And uh, Or basically, I think this might have been like, I, there might have been a lapse, but it was time they want him to sign a contract with them again. And he agrees to come back for an amount of money that has never been made public. Uh, and also, a few stipulations. He wanted the right to refuse scripts. 
That was first. Okay. And he wanted the right to form a production company on his own that he could operate while under contract still. Mm. And uh, they agreed to the whole thing. Wow. And uh, I think, I don't know how much money he made or how much that was for, but I can imagine it was quite a lot. Yeah, they probably didn't want to disclose because they didn't want to set a precedent for right. having someone that much money. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They were like, never... <laughs> I wonder, though. Do it's, not it's, tell James Cagney yeah, how much money Yeah, don't tell the Cag, man. <laughs> He's already walked out four times. Like, we're going to have to give it to him, you know. Uh, fun but, uh, <laughs> fact, I don't know if you talk about this, James, but uh, fun fact that... Bogart was frustrated with Warner Brothers and start left there and started his own independent production company and he named it Santana Films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah, talk a little bit about it. Yeah, he named it after his fucking yacht cool. after yeah. he signed this contract. Because yeah. yeah, he took advantage of it and opened Santana, like pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. And the Jack Warner was not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Even though he signed that contract saying he could do it, yeah. he still was like, Fuck, you actually did it. Yeah, he was kinda hoping he was just all talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so so that's so he can green light his own films yeah. and stuff like that. So while he's acting, he's also executive producing like, all these other like indie films exactly. and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, his first movie back with Warner Brothers was him and old buddy John Houston, man. Mm. Imagine that. Just drinking buddies who have just captured Hollywood. Like, they're just the kings. They're the fucking kings, and they both came up together just drinking whiskey. (laughs) You know? And uh, it was the first one back was The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which can't recommend enough. Cannot Mm. recommend that movie enough. He's like, it's a whole different ballgame, man. He's no Mm. gangster. They're like, uh, it's this tale of prospectors, gold miners who are like sick with gold fever. It's it is amazing. It's Very incredible. Cool. Yeah, they they like they're the there's just these two homeless guys in Mexico, Bogey and uh, fuck, I can't remember the other star, which that's bad. But uh, it's Bogey and another guy, and they're just like homeless in Mexico looking for a gig. And they come across this old prospector who they like drag up to the mountains to go find gold. It's incredible, man. And it's cool. like uh, an old, you know. Dude, I'm very interested in that. Yeah. The farmers in that than like the gangster films. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, it's a question. So, as someone who's like a connoisseur of those older gangster films, do you feel like uh, they they kind of got like hom- really homogenous? Like, they all kind of feel the same at some point? Yeah, a lot of them definitely did, for sure. And it was always kind of your same like characters. Mm-hmm. But. For me, I'd still watch them all, though. Yeah, you know everything. Every one of them's got something different. I, yeah. I, I still, I sound like I don't know some hack or whatever, but I still think the writing was just better back in those days. Mm. I don't know what it was, but people's writing mm. was just better. Yeah, you know? and it was just probably more authentic to the time too. Yeah. It's like now, if you want to write a gangster film about that time, you're making a lot of uh, guesses. Yeah. Whereas back then, you're like, no, I, I know people in this. Yeah, life. it's like, like I, I can just go talk to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like firsthand stories. Yeah. On January 6, 1949, at the age of 49 years old, uh, Bogey became a dad. The first time in his life. Whoa. Yeah. I've, all those marriages, never became a dad until now. Uh, it's probably for the best. Too busy being stabbed. Um, <laughs> Bacall gave birth to Stephen Humphrey Bogart, 1949, during the filming of Tokyo Joe. And the name was taken from Steve, Bogart's character's nickname, in To Have and Have Not. So they named their kid kind of like an homage to where they met. You oh, know? cool. He's cool, man. Stephen Bogart still keeps up all of Bogie's, like fan site, uh, like all of his merch and stuff. He's, cool. He has uh, Bogart festivals, these film festivals, and like 
Griffith Park and shit, and you can go watch his dad's movies with him. Oh, very cool. Yeah, he's a cool guy, man. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Maybe that'd be cool to have him on an episode. We'll just have to do this whole thing again with him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, yeah, but the guest we always do a thing that they're just interested in. So it'd be, yeah. fun, it'd be funny to have him. We got Humphrey Bogart's son, and we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Bo. He's like, they're under one condition. We don't talk about my dad. You know? uh, um, <laughs> uh, did, did he become an actor or anything? Like, what? What was what's his shtick? He wasn't. He wasn't an actor. He hosted a TV show on or on Turner Classic Movies, uh, but it was basically it was like what he does in the park, but on Turner Classic. Movies. Oh, cool. So he okay. would he would like present his dad's movies. Oh, cool. He's okay. just an overall cool guy, man. I think he was just like a film lover, and yeah. he's just carrying his dad's legacy. Cool. You know? His daughter too, Leslie Howard Bogart, who I told you they named after the guy who gave him his big break right, back yeah. in the day. Uh, she was born in 1952, so he had two kids with Lauren McCall, and um, he so he parted ways with Warner Brothers in 1951, and he's on his own, making his own rules. Santana Productions is going. Uh, but he's not making a lot of money off of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he did do one of my favorite movies with them called A Lonely Place. That was the one I was telling you about. He's a writer who lives in this apartment building and right. gets suspected of being a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Another great one. Uh, but he did that with Santana Productions. Mm-hmm. Cool. And- so he's just doing like some like indie darling yeah. stuff, just some stuff that's been on his mind for a while. You know, he's probably what like just break, basically breaking even on these films. Yeah, he's like breaking even. It's just him and him and Lauren Bacall just doing their thing, mm-hmm. you know. And um, any, but also that movie, by the way, A Lonely Place. If you do want to go watch that, anyone who knew him at the time said that that film is the closest that they got to the real guy. Really? Like that, if you want to see what he was really like, that's the movie. That's funny. He just he was just like, I want to do somewhere where I play myself. <laughs> yeah, he basically did. And it was interesting because like in the movie, he's a writer, so he's a creative. Yeah. But he's also like this type of dude. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Almost kind of autobiographical in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Fucking angry, bubbling rage <laughs> artist. You know, he, like Ugh. he's so... He's so bubbling rage that they think he might be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was around this time as well that he did the African Queen. Yes, the one I've been waiting for. His first Technicolor role ever. Whoa, this is the first movie in color that he's done? Wow. The one where you see bogey in the flesh, baby. First time. <laughs> that bogey flesh. That bogey flesh. You see that that smooth, smooth bogey skin. It was not smooth at all. It was like, he looked like uh, the moon. Was but uh, that's drinking and smoking. He was a leather bag by then? He was a leather bag, for sure. He was like, <laughs> still handsome as hell, though. Don't get me wrong. But um, now this is the one that they filmed in Africa with his old buddy John Houston. And Dev, you were mentioning it in the, in an episode before this. This is the one where everyone got dysentery. Oh, what's up? I just looked up what he looks like in this movie, and holy shit, yeah. he did not age well. He's leathery, man. Wow. He's a leathery guy. Oh, my God. Because yes. I'm... This whole time, I've been glancing up at Humphrey, looking down on me right there, because oh, my ca- yeah. my case my Casablanca special edition is like up on that shelf. That's right. And so I've been like looking at like what I know Humphrey Bogart's look like. Yeah. And now, honestly, he looks like Fidel Castro. Yeah. Like <laughs> straight up, he's like, tan and ready, baby. Oh my god! They're, uh, they're filming in Africa. They're all like just roasting out there in the sun too. So he's just getting leathery by the shoot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so everybody was. As a matter of fact, one of the stars, Catherine Hepburn, was in this movie. So 
Lauren Bacall, I'm going to do a whole episode about this movie, by the way, at some point, because it was another, like, filming, like, you know, the movies that we've talked about, The Mummy, Waterworld, mm. this was definitely one of those, where everybody mm-hmm. almost died trying to make this. Oh, my God. And um, uh, Catherine Hepburn, uh, she was the big star in this movie as well, but Lauren Bacall flew down with Bogey and John Huston to go, like, watch them film this thing, basically, mm-hmm. and... She became friends with like Catherine Hepburn while they were filming and stuff. Cool. But um, Catherine Hepburn was disgusted basically by John Huston and Bogey were waking up in the morning and just drinking scotch. It was like <laughs> it's 150 degrees, but it's scotch time. Like I don't know how they did it honestly, especially at their age. Yeah. Like they must have just the hangover must just have been the normal feeling yeah. at this point. Yeah, at that point, know? if you don't stop, <laughs> yeah, if, if you, you stop, if you stop drinking, die. yeah, you're, it's the collective hangover will will <laughs> is insufferable. You know what I mean? And uh, she basically, in, in a protest, was like, "Well, I'm a real actor. I'm just going to drink water." You uh-huh. know? And they all were just drinking water, and everybody got fucking dysentery while they were filming this thing. But Bogey and John Houston did not because they were only drinking whiskey. No, hold on. I have a question about that. You would die. You can't only drink whiskey. They had to have drinking some water. I believe it. I believe it. He said (laughs) he had a quote. I told you guys what a gin and tonic was. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They might have been throwing back some gin and tonics for hydration. Yeah. You know, (laughs) they brought the the tonic from home. You don't like think about it. If you have whiskey and you put a rock in it, you put ice in it, that ice is going to melt. There's your water and all that water will be sterilized. (laughs) It was sterilized by the whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. You're taking it in at the same time. You're sterilizing it while it's going down. That's hysterical. Okay, all right, yeah, that works. He said the reason they didn't get sick, Bogart said this, all I ate was baked beans, canned asparagus, and scotch whiskey. Whatever a fly bit Houston or me, it dropped dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no shit. I mean, every time he farted, it probably smelled like complete ass. I wonder if they didn't get sick from that man's bowel movements instead of fucking water. (laughs) And they're in summer in Africa. Oh my doing god! This. Like, dude, they must have just asparagus and beans and whiskey. <laughs> <Beans>, whiskey. <laughs> god, the piss must smell terrible. And too. he's forty-five years old. Oh my god! Like John Houston was not young either. Like these are two. John like... Houston's directing, right? Yeah, he was directing. Th- that's like that. to me more impressive. Like <laughs> that you can direct. He's fucked keeping up. up with the dailies. While yeah, he's drinking scotch <laughs> in Africa all day every day. Like a, a drunk actor, you can shoot around a drunk actor. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, that AD must have been really earning his fucking paycheck. And not only did he just put together a movie, he put together fucking African Queen. This thing, they made it for $1 million back uh-huh. in those days, and it made $10 million <laughs> in a box office opening weekend. And that, when you put that through the old inflation calculator, that's like a $10 million movie making about $150, $160 million. Jesus. It was like these drunken men put together oh, the biggest splash at the fucking box office at the time this is that's hysterical and bogey won a fucking oscar oh my god really he won an academy award for this for best actor this was his first one that he actually won so funny (laughs) 
<laughs> That's Brad crazy. McQueen. He did great in it too. Definitely watch that one. I, I, I absolutely will. Yeah. Um. I so I uh, it's giving me Jungle Cruise vibes. It is. It's Jungle Cruise. Okay. Uh, Jungle Cruise was based on African Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the yeah. original ride at Disney was based on African Queen. Yeah. They and even, then years later they made it into a movie of the Rock. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they paid an homage to the African Queen on the ride somewhere in there. They like talk about very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they were actually filming in Africa. Uh, Bogey was actually fucking like jumping off of that boat into rivers and swamps in Africa. Like, dude, I cannot. Well, wait you have to... to be wasted to agree to that. Exactly. That's why he's <laughs> drinking scotch all day. Uh, oh there were, my God. I'll get into it. There, we will do an episode on it. There's like, there was a cool. time where John Houston had live leeches that he had some PA find that he wanted to put on Bogey. The bogey was like, no. It's <laughs> not jackass. No, yeah, we're not doing leeches on my body. You can make some fake leeches, you know. But uh, <laughs> it got crazy. It got fucking it just, crazy. It was just like, hey, man, I was thinking, would it be hilarious if we put leeches on you? Like, no, dude, I don't want Just two drunk guys arguing about the fucking leeches. <laughs> Let me find this really quick. Meanwhile, fucking um, uh, 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 Catherine Hepburn is just sitting there, just like face palming, like this, yeah. is, this is why I'm drinking this water because these two fucking drunken idiots. And then the she, joke was on her. She wrote a book about it. She wrote a book about filming the movie. She wrote how I went to Africa with Bogart, Bacall, and Houston and almost lost my mind. The making of African Queen. She wrote an entire fucking book. Oh my god! This movie. Let's make that movie. Yeah, I, I want the. I oh want my the, I want the disaster artist about making Holy this shit. movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Adapt that book, Dev. Let's get on it. We'll make it in Florida. We'll make it in the swamps of Florida and cheat it for Africa. Yeah, we'll never be able to tell the difference. <laughs> we'll have plenty of gators. <laughs> so it won him his first Academy Award for Best Actor, and in his speech he said. It's a long way from the Belgian Congo to the stage of this theater. It's nicer to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no one does it alone. As in tennis, you need a good opponent or partner to bring out the best in you. John and Katie helped me to be where I am now. And uh, he, he later said... The way to survive an Oscar is never try to win one. <laughs> Too many stars win it and then figure they have to top themselves. They become afraid to take chances. The result? A lot of dull performances and dull pictures. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, very, very apt. Yeah. 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 He was like, don't go for it. Yeah. You might win it. But yeah. don't don't try to win it. Yeah. yeah. Just get hammered and see what happens. <laughs> get hammered with your buddy in Africa and annoy the shit out of everyone. <laughs> see, DiCaprio, you could have just gotten hammered instead of like putting yourself through hell for The Revenant. <laughs> there are stories. There are those stories about making that movie. The, the Revenant? African Queen. No, The oh. African Queen, where oh. they were like, you're too drunk. You're like, too drunk. We gotta wrap the day. Like, <laughs> this is done. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He just fell into the water and it wasn't in the script <laughs> I need this movie I know man this is gonna be a great episode I can't wait to tell you so he wins this Oscar and you know again Santana Productions is just not really doing much uh, and he gets an offer from Columbia actually to buy Santana from him for a million bucks in 1955 so he sold it he mm. sold Santana yeah. you know 10 Fuck million it. these days yeah. and uh, unfortunately this is around the time where Things get pretty grim. 
Mm. Um, what was African Queen his last movie? African Queen was one of his last films. Okay. This was not his last one. He he did a few more things here and there. I didn't mention all of his movies. His yeah. If you just look at the IMDb, I mean, yeah. my God, like I I'm going through his like top level, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the greatest <laughs> yeah. hits. Yeah. yeah. I'm like ten in, okay. and I'm like I haven't scratched the surface. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. man did movies that are like he was in that. Like, yeah. You know. Right. Uh, but things start to get a little grim around this time in 1955. Um, I think he sold Santana because I think he kind of knew, to be honest. He was like, ah, this, this, I'm not supposed to cough blood. There, th- I've he, been drinking for a long time and that's not happened before. Yeah, this is, I've been drinking long enough to know what's normal, what isn't. <laughs> what and I'm, I'm not like what I see. There's no normal cough. <laughs> uh, there was like, his friends said he would go to Broadway to go watch some of his friends in plays. And it became like a thing where you could just hear him in the crowd, like hacking up a fucking lung, and you knew it was him. Yeah, Um, and it it developed into a very bad cough to the point where it was getting in the way on set. Mm -hmm. You know, he was coughing his fucking lungs out. Yeah, Um, he's literally dying. He's literally dying. (laughs) Literally dying. And in 1956, he is shooting his very last movie. Uh, called The Harder They Fall. It was a boxing movie, man. I haven't seen it, but it looks Whoa. sick. Yeah. And and he looks sick. <laughs> the movie looks sick, and he looked very sick filming it. Uh, <laughs> he's coughing, like, a lot. And there were takes that he had to redo because, like, his eyes were watering because, you know, fucking... So did he play a boxer? No, he he played okay. like a, a boxing promoter. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, can you yeah. imagine? Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like, no, that like, man. You set yourself up for a hard final yeah. movie. <laughs> You're gonna get a little bit of coverage on the face, and then all stunt double, <laughs> <laughs> all stunt double from behind. As soon as he starts moving around the ring, no longer bogey. Uh, <laughs> it's like his face on like a Chris Hemsworth yeah. body. <laughs> they did the old school, like just painting his face in over yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. but uh he finally goes to the doctor and the doc basically says uh this is it (laughs) this is it bud like this this ain't good you're going to the great scotch bar in the sky you're about to go (laughs) you are about to uh yeah you're about to die uh you've he said uh, he's got a esophageal cancer uh, from, you know, just a lifelong chain of cigarettes and a never-ending bottle of scotch that you shared with John Houston <laughs> has caused you to uh, be on death's doorstep at this point. <laughs> and overall, just living in a time period where, like, nuclear bombs were also being dropped in every corner of the earth didn't help, you know? So, the doctor's like, we don't understand. Cigarettes are supposed to be good for you still. <laughs> <laughs> but these seem to have killed you slowly. <laughs> Uh, Bogey actually, of course, in Bogey fashion, he made a joke about it. He like instantly was like, "Well, all right, I guess that's it then." Uh, <laughs> he joked that he he said he had like pulled a fast one on Warner Brothers. He said <laughs> he was like, "These fucking idiots signed me for this like lifelong contract for more money than you know God had, and now I'm dying." So <laughs> jokes on them. Uh, he said he he <laughs> they said he predicted with glee at the doctor's office that his teeth and hair would fall out before the contract ended with Warner Brothers. <laughs> it's fucking. He was a dark guy. Yeah. Was, well, you know, you laugh about it or cry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that was his his way. You know, just make some comedy real quick. It's like I don't want to die, but if I do, I want it to be pissing off Jack Warner. <laughs> <laughs>
This is the most noble death I can imagine for myself. His cag was like, you got him good, man. You got him good. <laughs> Cost that man a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but he he couldn't, man. He couldn't act anymore. Like, he was still under contract, but what are they going to do? You know, yeah. he literally can't fucking make it through a take. Yeah. You know? He's like, he's fucking dying here, man. Yeah. Um, and it just gets sad, man. It, it, things it, it, they went south very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. It was like it was a quick thing. Yeah. Uh, within like a year of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was in the hospital for a long time, just getting shit removed. Yeah. Just real bad stuff. <laughs> getting shit removed. Getting shit removed. <laughs> did uh, did they give him anything to like help with it? Like just put him on a morphine drip or anything? Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, he got all the best drugs the fifties could offer. <laughs> you know, he got like the Marilyn Monroe colonic. <laughs> He got the Michael Jackson Prince got- special, uh, <laughs> Doctor Feelgood. You know. Oh yeah, the Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> Doctor Feelgood probably was just like testing out his formula for JFK <laughs> on Bogey. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, January thirteenth. This is so weird. And Catherine Hepburn told this story. Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn went to go visit him on January thirteenth in the hospital. Uh, and he was not doing good. And Spencer Tracy, if you remember, that was like his first friend, basically, mm-hmm. in the, you know, at Warner Brothers and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this big thing. He came to say goodbye to him, basically. And Catherine Hepburn said, Spence patted him on the shoulder and said, Good night, Bogey. Gave him that nickname, remember? Oh, yeah. And Bogey turned his eyes to Spence very quietly. And with a sweet smile, uh, he grabbed Spence's hand and said, Goodbye, Spence. Aww. And that apparently really happened. Aww. Yeah, fucking sad as shit, man. This yeah. one made me so yeah, sad. Yeah, dude, I'm getting emotional. So sad. Oh my god, yeah. I know, dude. Like, losing the bogey was not okay, you know? <laughs> it was not okay. Not okay. <laughs> and uh, the next day, he died. Oh, man. Yeah, I, that was like the last... They didn't know it, but those were like the last people besides Lauren Bacall mm-hmm. and his kids that yeah. he would talk to. Wow. And, How old uh, were his kids at the time? His kids must have been not very old. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a good question. They were at 49. They were born, and now it's 57. So they're like nine like, years old. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and it was 20, yeah, 20 days after his 57th birthday on January 14th. We lost the hump, man. Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Damn. Bogey. Damn. You mentioned uh, African Queen was his first Oscar. Did he win one like posthumously or something? No, he got nominated for two other ones, but that was his only win. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were the nominations uh, posthumous or like uh, all of the movies he had shot had come out before he died? That was all before he died. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He got done. He, he was, mm-hmm. he filmed that The Harder They Fall, the boxing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and his co star said, like, they could tell. He was, yeah. He was. Yeah. That was the thing. They said his eyes were so watery in one take. His co-star said that he saw Bogey in the parking lot late, and he was like, "That's he would leave at 6 p.m. on the dot. You know, he'd show mm-hmm. up at 9 a.m., leave at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. That was his schedule for years. Yeah. And uh, he saw him there late one night and was like, what the fuck are you still doing here? And he said they need to get pickups because they said my eyes are too watery mm. in the film we just shot, or in the scene we just shot. Yeah. And he realized later it's because the man was fucking like dying in front of his eyeballs. Right, you yeah. Know? Damn. Creepy shit, man. Not good. Rest yeah. in peace, Bogey. Yeah. yeah, man. Rest in peace, Bogey. It catches up with you. Yeah. Unless you're Mick Jagger, it catches up with you. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately. I know, man. Yeah. It's the, yeah, because rock stars. How the fuck's Keith Richards still alive? <laughs> it's because of the stage. It's, the, yeah. it's what they're doing. Yeah. Like when mm-hmm. you're a rock star 
and you're up there and you're singing in the way you are and you're dancing the way you are and you're moving the way you are. It's great exercise. Traveling the way you are. Yeah, for real. It's like it really is. That's what it comes yeah. down to. It's like the way that warriors used to live off of alcohol because mm-hmm. they were like in war. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like your body can sustain that if yeah. you keep it going. But yeah, 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 yeah Boogie doesn't strike me as much of a much of a gymnast. He was not. Uh, he was, was more of a uh, <laughs> let's drink scotch. Yeah, and sit on this couch. And yeah. sit on this couch yeah. and watch old westerns. Yeah, you know. If you want to drink heavily, just make sure you work out. <laughs> <laughs> make sure to hit the treadmill. Uh, you gotta sweat it out before <laughs> that's the important part. <laughs> It can't hurt you as long as you sweat it out. Oh, man. That's a Surgeon General guarantee. Uh, well, damn. Anything else about him? Uh, he was buried at sea, Dev. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. And Fuck yes, that's the greatest ending <laughs> to this story. That's yeah, how man. I'm going to go. Let it be <laughs> known. I'll put it on the digital record now. When I pass away, I want to be put on a wooden platform or a boat loaded with fireworks or explosives pushed Fuck out yeah. into the ocean and shot with a flaming arrow a combination uh, of a jedi yeah. viking burial that's hell yeah i love that man that well then uh i'll make sure we do it when we kill you dev oh no <laughs> Nice. Hey, just kidding. If I well, if I gotta if I gotta die at y'all's hands to get that burial, I, you know I'd be kind of okay with it. We'll be arranged. Hey, but real talk, we need to fucking go out on a boat somewhere soon. Yes, I, I need, need to be on a boat. Yeah, I need, I need a vacation. Dev, I Dev, come pick come us up Florida. on the boat. All right, <laughs> or I'm, just I'm dr- gonna be in LA in a little bit. We'll just All right. then. Can you fly the boat here? Yeah, can you take the boat around the... No, but I can the... rent a boat there. I'm a captain. I can just oh, go to a fucking marina fuck and yeah. rent one. <laughs> there we fuck go. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, sail, let's do it and sail to Catalina. Yes, and let's yeah, go. we can do that. Sail to Catalina yeah. and drink scotch for Humphrey Bogart. Yes. Absolutely. Pour one out down our mouths for Humphrey. Yes. <laughs> I actually I know a couple friends with boats. One of them keeps theirs at Redondo and the other at Marina Del Rey. So we can just, you know... Go out kind of whenever. Uh, amazing. There we yeah. go. Amazing. Let's go bogey style, baby. Uh, and then, um, uh, so we, we kind of glossed over these, uh, but um, uh, Casablanca and some of those other big hits they did, uh, are any of those warranting their own film history episode one of these days? Or there oh, really isn't sure. too much behind the scenes of those? No, Casablanca would be a good one. There's okay. uh, anything that he was involved with, mm-hmm. like, has rich history. Okay. You know, um, that's one of the things, man. Yeah. That's like that's what made him. That's what made me do this. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, we've got to tackle this guy yeah. because, like, he was just one of the biggest people to ever live. Yeah, and he changed the game, you yeah. know. And he just uh, he was so interesting. Yeah, and he's so interesting to watch. And I've never, I still stand by it. Like I've never seen someone quite like him. Yeah. Ever since. I'm I, I'm inspired to go watch some of his movies and stuff. I yeah. mean, I love Casablanca. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Like I said, I got the special dish. I think it's the 80th anniversary edition, like up yeah. there, like, um, uh, and stuff. And, uh, uh, I take it out to watch it, but you can see it's like the only thing in this room that's like sealed in plastic, mm-hmm. like in a, like a plastic pouch, because it's like a pure white cover, and I just didn't want to get dingy. Yeah. Uh, but sure. yeah, like I love Casablanca, but it's yeah. like the only thing I've ever seen them in, so I should see more. I'm very interested in seeing the African Queen. Do African Queen uh, in a lonely place. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. And uh, Treasure of Sierra Madre. Cool, yes. For sure. Okay. Uh, and then go on, I mean, Maltese yeah. Falcon, also mm. amazing, about cool. like a, a whole gangster story, but also like relics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, yeah. everything he did was just fucking gold, man. Cool. It really was. The man never, never made a bomb, 
Not really. Not to me, anyway. Yeah. But, wait, uh, did any of his movies underperform at the box office? What? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean, like, did they make money? Did his no, movies? did any of his movies, like, flop at the box office? Oh, I, he had some that weren't... Yeah, he, he definitely put out some. Um, I mean, that one that I watched last night that I was talking about, I don't think it made a big splash. Mm-hmm. And it was already kind of like... Everybody's like, what the fuck is, is this? Is there any you know? actor who's never been in a flop? I was about to say Leo, but he did the beach. Uh, I think the beach was a fucking financial success. Really? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Maybe Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Did D Day ever do something that was just like fucking Johnny did Milo Depp? Foot flop. <laughs> Johnny Depp? Is, is he ever? Was he ever in anything that lost money? I don't think so. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's, not. There's a couple. Okay, so there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know. But then again, uh, maybe he did. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I'm not super familiar with his early, early stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> The Beach was a moderate box office success, but Leonardo DiCaprio was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award oh, for he got Worst the Razzie. Actor. Oh, which that movie's is the same f- as uh, he lost to John Travolta for Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh my god jesus i've i'm i gotta see the beach i got i gotta witness it's the so trailer. bad yeah. i liked the beach. i didn't think it was that really? bad i was like i mean i was young and dumb but like yeah. you put it next to battlefield fucking earth no for sure for sure i agree jesus. with that oh johnny depp made transcendence Oh, that's right. That flopped hard. Yeah, and I was interested in that too. Yeah, me too. I never got around to seeing it. It was. It started out great, yeah. and then the last of it was like, what? Yeah. What? Uh, I forgot um, about that. Yeah, I think everybody's made a flop or two, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens. It's, it's not your fault. Yeah. God the beach made a hundred and forty-four million dollars. <laughs> oh, okay, so okay, that yeah. one. The beach okay, all right. So DiCaprio is on. Is, DiCaprio is might have been the one undefeated. Yeah, yeah he okay. might be undefeated, bro. <laughs> but that was part four, everyone. That was Bogey. Uh, we've laid him to rest. Incredible. And um, he was quite the guy, man. He will always be remembered, and hopefully, I have brought you a good. Uh, hopefully I, I brought you good. Yeah, I brought you some good bogey. You know, I I liked it. I learned a lot. I feel like it warranted the length of this too. Yeah. Like, there's no part I would want you to leave out and stuff. Right, right. Um, actually, like uh, part two, uh, it, it, it was probably the part I was I, I found the most interesting. And like, I love yeah. finding out that he was like this club kid growing up and, and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just it's fun. Every part of it was so fascinating. There's nothing I would have taken out from it. Cool. So man. yeah, from um, from rich kid. To uh, the rich Navy during World War One, <laughs> yeah. To back to rich kid, uh, to Broadway, to Hollywood, and then to the biggest movie star on the planet. Wow. And then uh, death at uh, 57. You, well, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, and uh, YouTube Drake Cummings, and then uh, um. Uh, my raging my, my merch store raging20smerch.com um, you can find us on Patreon at Film History History of Film Patreon shout out to Dylan shout out to Dylan our first our first patron uh, we've been running it for uh, just a month now so uh, this is month two of Patreon in month one uh, we got you an outtakes compilation uh, talking about the Oscars talking about Ezra Miller talking about Johnny Depp and an episode of Game History History of Games talking about the origin of video games um, so if that content sounds interesting to you, go and check it out. Check out our tiers and more coming this month. Yeah. 
and you can find me at abracadabradev on Twitter. And I'm gonna leave a quote here um, for good old, uh, in honor of Humphrey Bogart. Hell yeah. The quote is, the goal is not to sail the boat, but rather to help the boat sail herself. Sailor Dan. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, you can find us at Film History, The History of Film, or FHHF. What'd you say it was, Dad? FHHF Podcast. FHAF Podcast uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. And uh, you can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James White Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. And you can also find me sipping scotch with John Houston on a riverbank in Africa, laughing as everyone around us dies of dysentery. (laughs) 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 On film history, the The history history of film. You know what I'm talking about!